Hello, I'm Laura Furiosi, divorced mother of three, and I'm here with my mother, Lynette Galvin, with 35 years' experience in family law. You're listening to the Divorce Course Podcast. Through our candid discussions, we hope to help you through your divorce or de facto separation. We will be answering the most commonly asked questions and covering the stages and steps that you will face on your way to freedom. Do you know why a divorce separation date or a de facto separation date is so important in your property settlement and divorce? Well, today we're going to talk you through why it is and our top five ways to establish that separation date so that you don't get caught up in some nasty tricks, particularly if you're still separated, living under one roof. Are you separated under one roof? Are you trying your hardest to get this divorce sorted and settled so that you can move on with your life, but you are stuck in the house with your ex? Well, this episode is for you. Welcome, Mum. Hello, Laura. Now, we've talked about uh, separated under one roof before. We've got another episode on it, and please go check it out in the show notes or go and look on Spotify and podcasts. But we've noticed, Mum, a lot of the people who come to our webinars and do our course, they are people that uh, they've decided to break up, and they're just... They just can't get out of can't get out of the house because there's not enough money to get another rental or the partner is avoidant. They just get their head in the sand. And it is a really tricky situation and, and it's something that keeps cropping up more and more than it used to in the old days, yeah? Mm, I agree. I agree, especially probably in the last year or so. And I always thought separated under one roof was the absolute worst time of the breakdown of a relationship because you kind of, you know it's over, but you can't actually put some physical distance between yourselves. Yeah. Mm. And also, Laura, I think this podcast is going to be of interest to anyone who's being separated under one roof and trying to work out if they can get a divorce and when they can get a divorce. Yes, because that's in the the past. So the difference between people separating and going, I'm done and moving out straight away and people who are separating going, I'm done, but we've got to still live together in some sort of way under this roof. The difference is all about the separation day. Yes, it is. It's but all legal the, difference. That's right. That's the legal <laughs> Not the difference. emotional difference. Yep. So the legal difference is the separation date. And norm, and like, not normally, but I guess in times gone by, mm. when you said it's over, one of you would move out. And yes. then it wasn't very difficult to prove what date you separated. And why does the date of separation matter at all? Hmm. Well, because in Australia, there is only one grounds for separation, mm-hmm. one ground, I guess, one ground for separation, and that is the irretrievable breakdown of marriage evidenced by separation of 12 months. Oh, so you've got to be separated for 12 months and that's enough proof to get divorced. Yes, you can You can only file for divorce a year after you actually separate. Well, probably a year and a day, I think they say. Okay. And, and if you've got someone on the other side who is antsy about the divorce or who's just picking on dates and things, if you get this date wrong Mm -hmm. in their opinion they could raise reaction to that they can put a response into the court and say no that ground's not satisfied we won't separate it all right so if they're trying to stop you just officially getting a divorce that can be a problem but also there is another problem isn't there with separation date for de facto people as well because they're not filing for divorces but what what affects what what does the separation date affect when it comes to de facto and divorce yes so with the de facto relationship you can't bring an application for property settlement or spousal maintenance any time after two years from the date of separation. And so we spend a lot of time as lawyers, and I think the court spends a lot of time saying, did we separate on the 17th of April or did they separate on the 1st of May? Mm. And that two weeks might mean all the difference between being able to file for property settlement or not. Wow. 
So, you know, we emphasise in some of our other podcasts about you've got to get that separation date down and somehow get some buy-in from the other person, particularly if it's under one roof or it's de facto and there's no obvious thing. So so you need to tell me, Mum, so you said recently that, well, a while ago you you had to try really hard to prove a separation date. Can you give an example to people so they understand? It was a long time ago. Mm. Uh, It was because I was just a brand-new lawyer. And the husband and wife, because the court didn't have jurisdiction over de facto cases then, the husband and wife both agreed they were separated under one roof. They both desperately wanted a divorce. And there were the response, like she filed for the application for divorce and I, I was her lawyer. He filed in support of the application for divorce. But the court said, we have to understand that we have jurisdiction over you guys. And if you haven't been separated for 12 months, we can't give you a divorce. Mm-hmm. And so we came back the next day because it wasn't as crowded in those days. They came back. We came back the next day with some witnesses and we had witnesses who said, yes, they had their TV, two different TVs, which back then was a bit of a surprise, two different TVs, two different lounge rooms. And when I visit the wife, I would sit in her room and talk to her and he didn't get involved. And the judge said, I'm not satisfied. So I'm not satisfied means that's not a separation. That's not enough of a separation. yeah. And, of course, we gave evidence about whether they were having any marital relations. Oh, my gosh, how embarrassing. Yes, I know. But as Hang on, how do you give evidence that you're not having relations? Both of you say we never did. We haven't done it for ages. Yes, but as Judge Bell once said in the case that I was sitting in the back of the court for, he said his 80-year-old parents would be devastated to know that that was a re- that made them separated, <laughs> which made us all wow. feel murky. Yeah. Wow, really? You're going <laughs> to did. mention his parents not having relations in yeah. a courtroom? Okay. So, so that doesn't fly. So what else? Uh, so what what they, other examples well, did they yeah, give as evidence? Yeah, okay. So we talked about how they, they went to the wedding in separate cars, someone got married, all of those things. That wasn't enough? Nope. And she wasn't doing his housework and he cooked his own meals. That wasn't enough because the judge said you could be, you're both saying this, but no one else is saying this. Mm. And finally, I, I mean, it was just like weighing scales and gradually piling things up. And our gold, gold moment was when one of their friends said, oh, I turned up at the house when Mr. Such and Such came to the house and I helped him bring the groceries upstairs and put them on his shelf in the refrigerator. And the judge goes, that's, I'm satisfied. If he's got his own shelf in the refrigerator, I'm satisfied. But the court has never, Laura, put a a a definitive list of things that matter. So top tip, if you're separated under one roof (laughs) and you want to prove it, one of the things you could consider doing is having separate shelves in your refrigerator. No, that wasn't the key. No? Because they both could have given evidence of that and the court wouldn't believe it. Oh, the key is somebody else said it. corroborative evidence, someone else who knows. Oh, and that's tricky because when you are separated, I remember, like a so many of my friends, when they were separated, they don't tell anyone. No. And they go, don't tell anyone, but I'm separated, but we're not telling anyone yet, yeah. you know, and they don't tell anyone until the person finally actually moves out. Yes. So, so that can be really a mm-hmm. trick. So what you're saying is you got it. The problem is if you start telling people, that means it's legit. And well, I think some people drag their feet. If it's not legit, it's not a separation. Right. You've got to have the courage of your convictions and, All and right. you've got to tell other people and act like you're separated. So can I ask the question then, mm. what's wrong with just, if they were saying, what the judge was like, no, I'm not satisfied, and they didn't have that person ag- agree that mm. um, that there was a separate shelf and the mm. corroboration, 
Why didn't they just wait a year for men? I can't remember. Right. But there was something coming up. Right. And I don't know whether it was. So can it affect their property settlement? It was something worse well, no, no, than that. But it, oh, it, can, it can affect property settlement. Absolutely it can okay. because if you've got a de facto relationship mm-hmm. and your, you say or your client says, we only separate this date so we're within time, if the other party says, hang on a minute, no, we separated way back then and you have no claim anymore, you've lost your opportunity. Mm. Or I guess or before, before, during and after contribution. Absolutely. Were you deciding whether that's during contributions, that mm. the money that person's made or after contributions, oh. is that have a different weight? Absolutely. So if you win, I don't know, a million dollars after you separated, that will have a different weight to if you won the million dollars while you were still together. And that's when you get this this, um, moving of the goalposts or or differing versions. You'll usually find when someone's bickering over the date of separation, when you have a good look at it, there is something significant going to to happen either side. Something to do with money? money Or they've been engaged or they were seeing, engaged to another person to be married. I had one of those ones. Oh, wow. Or um, they had been seeing someone before. Wait, wait, wait. So they were engaged to be married and they hadn't yet had their divorce had their divorce yes another solicitor sent me the case and you know i'm i've read somewhere because i get i don't know the algorithm sends me all the divorce memes now oh yum yay for me <laughs> i was hoping i wouldn't see them much anymore but anyway but that um someone was they've done studies now and they're saying that it's it is men who tend to move on quite quickly Mm. And if you have a narcissistic type X, they definitely know they, they need someone. And yeah. you have to brace yourself for that kind of thing. And you know something else they say, mm. the narcissist, to, usually, or a lot of people who are, are quite hurtful to their exes, mm. they will say to you, and I want our people to listen to this, Yes, if, if they've moved on and they've got a new partner, the only way they can convince themselves and the new partner that this is the wonderful relationship, love of their life, mm-hmm. is to devalue what they had with you. And they they say so often, I never really loved you. Oh. And that can be so devastating. So I say that to any of my clients, I get a chance to say, look, he's likely to say, I never really loved you, but that's just him trying to convince himself or her. So don't let that derail you. So with the separation, I think the reason for money, the money issue, sorry, with separation when you're talking about a divorce is Mm. the same thing. Mm. And I have had cases where the date of separation, someone had some rights to a company, yes, but they were just kind of potential and then that they actually came to fruition and the person got over $50,000 into their account and they go, ah, but that was post-separation contribution for me. Right. So you're saying you got it really, if you've got an ex who you think is either manipulative, controlling, Mm -hmm. high conflict or even avoided. Or money grubby. (laughs) Or money grubby. You need to be particularly careful because that that if they can go, hmm, if I say we separated at this time, then I can get more money or I can do Mm. this or I can do that. So, okay, so let's talk about things that people can do. I want your top five, mum. Okay. Top five things people can do if they are separated under one roof right now to establish they are separated. Tell somebody. Tell everybody. Number one, tell somebody. <laughs> write it down and try to get the other person to acknowledge it in, in any way you can. You could either write it down and both sign it or if you're a little bit needing to be a bit more devious, mm-hmm. you could send them an email say, you know, this is just a note. Like I'm, I'm just writing to you, I'm texting you. Just to confirm, we've separated today and although I'm staying in the house, we're separated under one roof. If, if you don't answer this, I'll assume you agree. 
Isn't that nice little closing yes. circle? Okay, so you tell and, somebody, yep. write it down, yep. try to get them com- to confirm it. What else can you do? I think definitely start to set up an independent life. There should be a lock on your bedroom for a start. I wouldn't be cooking for them or cleaning for them. I know it's tricky when you've got the children, but a lot of people separating under one roof and they're probably lucky. If they have to separate under one roof, this is probably ideal. They have upstairs and downstairs and they set up a little apartment downstairs or upstairs and the children start spending week about, God bless them, up and down the stairs. Yeah, which, do you know what? I think that's good for the children because a a sudden... You're right. You said it better than I could do. Yeah. Yeah. It's not too bad for them. So number one, tell somebody. Number two, write it down. Number three, try to get them to confirm it. Number four, start to set up an independent life. Is there anything else that they need to do with their lawyer or should they go see a lawyer or, you know, anything? Well, absolutely. Our mantra is you go and find out and know where you stand really early on. So go see a lawyer. Go and see a lawyer. Number five, go see a lawyer. And when, apart from telling other people, and I mean that would be your family, and friends like mm-hmm. it's hard it's mm-hmm. like that's a big thing to have to say it's a big deal um, you also need to set things up in the whatever interactions you have with officials so you might set up the kindy you know make sure they know that and we have precedent letters in the course to let the kindy know, you know the school know you know when it comes to that telling people thing mm-hmm. I, I actually i read something the other day and it said it is actually harder to decide to t- know that you have to turn the page and acknowledge you've got to turn the page than it is to actually turn the page. Yeah. So it is harder for people today who are at home, they're separated under one roof, but then they're still, some of them might not be 100% sure. It is so much harder for those people to make the decision and go, no, no this is separation. I have mm-hmm. to do it. I have to get a divorce. That is the hardest part compared to actually doing the divorce. I think that's right. And and if you're in a position where you are having second thoughts, mm. um, perhaps your ex is trying a bit harder and, and it all seems too hard, for goodness sakes, get some counselling for you first yes. and then couples counselling in case you can salvage this relationship. Yeah, and it'd be great. Wouldn't that be lovely? But I think definitely, I think you've said a key thing there, Mum. Mm. I think counselling for yourself Yes. is just as important as marriage counselling because with a marriage counsellor, they are listening to both sides, whereas if you go to a psychologist for yourself, they're listening to your story they are. and you need someone to be on your team, whereas the marriage counsellor, their aim is to get you together. Yeah, I think that's right, or sometimes to help you separate properly. Yeah. But here's the thing. If you are at a point, if you've reached a point where you think, that's it. You've told your ex, your partner, we're separated under one roof. As mm-hmm. of this day, mm-hmm. we're separated under one roof. If you've got to that point, then you need counselling if you are changing your view and wanting to go back because chances are that thing, whatever it was that made you so sure to take that drastic step, mm. hasn't been healed at all. Mm. It's still there. So get counselling for you first and then... Because it must be so hard. Like if you are still together under one roof, you would be thinking about, oh, remember that time we did this oh. or that time? Or if you've had fights in the past, you know, over time it heals or I don't know what kind of relationship mm. you might having as you're listening. But I can see how hard it would be to go, no, I'm going to be separated this 
is the end. But so I think it really is like you've said, mum, is your tip number four. Set up that new independent life. Even if you have nowhere else to go, you are stuck in the same place. You've probably got habits and mannerisms and watching TV together or going to bed at the same time. You've got to completely change it up and change your routine, change your habits to help your mindset as well as their mindset understand this is this is for real. And, and I, I do call them the long goodbyes. Some yeah. people have doubts and they try and try again. And if that's what you want to do, I think it's a good thing that's because good. you yeah. don't want to look back in regret. Mm. You know, you don't want to look back in regret. That's right. But, and the kids, it's very unnerving for children for this separation back together, separation mm. back together. So, and, and look, honestly, if you got to the point where you said, that's it, we're separated under one roof, I doubt it was one thing. Yes. Yeah, it would have been the straw that broke the camel's back. It would really. But that big step, the number one tip is Mm. you have to tell somebody else Mm. so that it is official. You need to tell people somebody else it's official. It, It is a hard thing to do. I get it, but mums, basically you're saying it can really affect your property settlement because I've heard so many people writing in, I've been living under separated under one roof with my my ex and he's just come and said, we, you know, we've been separated for five years, but we only decided to separate, you know, a year ago or like all that kind of manipulation Mm. or we've decided my my ex has said I can stay in the house and we can live separate lives and then they reach that two-year mark for de facto or one year for divorce and then they're stuck. Yes, that's right. Did you just say stuffed? Stuffed. Oh, my gosh, you said worse. But they're stuffed for property and it's a trick. Yes, it is a trick. And so they have to, you have to have a reasonable excuse to go beyond that time. Mm. You have to be able to persuade the court there'll be hardship. Mm. Uh, and that's really tricky. One of the things, sometimes when you separate, and you said this, that some narcissistic types will move on very quickly mm-hmm. or they might turn nasty to you once they know you're serious. Yes. And I always say to my clients, well, that makes it easier to get over them, doesn't it? Yeah. Because what, what you're looking That's at, true. if you're under one roof, you'll see the children playing and, and visiting both parents. And I know a lot of clients say to me, but I was the only one who was unhappy. I thought I could just sort of smother that down and stay because I was the only one not happy. Mm. He was happy, children were happy. So you've got to be sure when you go. But anyway, back to our tips. Yeah, don't smother down your feelings. Yeah. (laughs) So, okay, so they're the tips. Tell Mm. someone, write it down, try to get them to confirm it as well. Mm -hmm. Start to set up an independent life and go and see a lawyer. Now, Mum, on the flip side of being separated under one roof, there's all the bills, there's all the, like, the electricity, the mortgage, all of that kind of stuff going on as well. How do you make sure that that doesn't look like like because most people have joint accounts are you living separated under one roof or are you about to leave your partner please go and download our free before you go checklist a list of things that have been created by lynn galvin a family lawyer specialist of 35 years of all the things she wished her clients had collected before they'd left save yourself a lot of money subpoena heartache and drama and disclosure issues by doing this checklist before you go if say go to www.thedivorcecourse.com.au and click on before you go checklist. Now, Mum, on the flip side of being separated under one roof, there's all the bills, yeah. there's all the like the electricity, the mortgage, all of that kind of stuff going on as well. How do you make sure that that doesn't look like, like because most people have joint accounts. Again, what do you do? Again, I think send a text. I love that we can record stuff now. Mm-hmm. You know, send a text saying, look, just for me, you know, I've put my bank, I've put my salary in my own account but I'm going to put this much each week in or each month and you put that much in and we should be able to pay our bills with that. So you set it out in writing and if they're avoidant, they won't answer but they won't 
object to if they're high conflict they will answer but at least you've got evidence that they agree that you're separated yeah you know so so what you're saying is you need to do start separating your finances from them so that there's that proof of after after separation contribution yes post separation and and the but it's the key is the arrangement that you're putting in place that you're putting in writing reconfirms or makes stronger your argument that you were separated right you know why would you send this email when you're both living happily in a marriage no we've divided up the joint accounts we're putting money in from our accounts we're doing this we're doing so you can get a divorce while living under one roof Mm. and so i guess the reason the underlying reason why people are separated under one roof more and more mum is because they're they can't afford it yeah property prices are too expensive rentals are like hen's teeth is that if that's the right saying scarce as hen's teeth it is hens yes no that's okay Okay, wow (laughs) okay so so it's really hard to get somewhere else to go Mm. so people are stuck there and i guess all the money might be in their house yeah the equity all the money is. is in the house and if it's not rose it's in super and you can't get your super. So people are waiting mm-hmm. to sell the house. How, yes. Like, how, what, what kind of can you? I know we do our DIY divorce blueprint yes. that gives you the, the steps. But for these people in the separate yes. under own roof, can you give them a mini little roadmap? What, what can they do? What can they see in their heads and picture? All right, I can do that. How can I get out of this? Okay. So first of all, it needs you need to get the house on the market. If you can't get the house on the market, you may have to think about going to court. I think unless you can do them, I think give up on the idea of renovations because that will just prolong the inevitable. Okay. And while you're delaying and trying to maybe get the house up to best possible sale price, who knows, the market might drop, mm-hmm. you know, and you're, you're trapped there again. Uh, I think that if you've got enough to uh, move, move back to mums or whatever or get them to move, you you should then put that house on the market if it has to be sold. If you're going to be keeping it and your ex is just waiting for you to pay them out, go and talk to a mortgage broker. You can even draft, get orders drafted or draft them yourself through the course that provide for when I get my finance, I will give you this much dollars. Yeah, because that's a trick that seems Mm. to happen for some people. They'll say, you've got to buy me out of the house, but I'm not doing property settlement yet. You would be able to buy them out of the house because you look at, I guess, people sit there and in our course, you can do the property pool. You can go listen to the episodes on Mm. calculating the property pool. You put all the assets in. This is in a very nutshell, general education only. And then you go through and go, okay, this is how much percentage I would get. And then you could work out, okay, I probably can afford the house. Go listen to our episode. I really really want to keep the house and then you go okay great I can keep the house we've just got to sell everything and then I can buy you out but if their ex is like nah not doing that I'm just going to sit on my butt so you can the thing to remember is very few people have actually got a pot of money from the house to divide up or they very few people have already got their finance sorted and got money to pay Mm. so nearly all of the orders are things that the parties will do okay and then you do that like the 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 one party might refinance the house, the joint mortgage into their sole name, and upon that happening, they will pay X amount of dollars to the other person and the other person will transfer the house to them. So that all becomes one sort of scenario and it happens all at once on a conveyancing. Okay. Or they sell the house or they sell and they the just house divvy up the money. and do- divide up the money. Or if you can't work out, if you're still arguing over the percentage of the money, sell the house if you can get agreement on it. Put the money in a trust account and then that's one less complication. 
you know, mm. for going forward. And again, this is education, education only. Education only, yeah. Go and see a lawyer and get them to, to help your individual circumstances. Mm. But what we're saying is there are a multitude of ways to get yourself out of that house through these different scenarios. And we've got a really good episode on I really want to keep the house and out of the box ideas for keeping the house. So I've got an interesting twist. Okay. To this. Tell me the twist. Tell me the twist. You know how I was talking about how hard it is and I've been there yes. to really make the decision to leave and you second guess yourself and you know all of that well there's a lot of in, in domestic violence if yes. you're struggling with that call 1-800 respect yeah. but a lot of people it takes seven or eight times to try yes. to go yeah and so you may th- say you know what i'm the only one unhappy the kids are so happy I, I don't want to do this to our family i'm going to just deal with it i'm moving back upstairs or i'm moving back into the main bedroom and i'm going to stay mm. and we are living together again right? yes a lot of people want to know then, how does that, does that mean the 12 months for divorce starts or again. the two years for separation for, uh, yeah, de facto, does it start again? That's a good question. So yeah. if you have a slip up, have a few couple of drinks and accidentally sleep with them. No, it's not sex. Oh, oh it's, it's not everything. Oh, You've it's got everything. to move back in, okay. start cooking their meals. Wait, tell wait, everyone okay. we're back together so back, 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 back then. Yeah. So if you have a couple of drinks, they try and woo you and you accidentally end up sleeping with them. You're saying that doesn't count as the end, uh, separation. No, it doesn't count as a resumption of cohabitation. Okay. It's just a friend with a benefit, I guess, <laughs> or an ex with a okay. benefit. Okay, all right. Yeah. So keep telling us. So yeah. so but, you decide, no, well, I'm, I'm going to just give it my best red-hot go. Yeah. I've seen the marriage counsellor. We're going to go back inside and we're going to try again. We're yes. going to try and get back together and so live this life. Document that. Right, send them an email. I'm really happy we're getting back together again. Maybe send them a card, take a photo before you send it and give it another try. Now, what people worry about is that does that mean if they then separate again, do they have to start their clock again? Yes. And now this is a trap. You don't. What? You don't. It doesn't start the clock again. Really? You're allowed to get back together on one occasion. No more. And there's rules for this. Yeah. And by agreement and sexual intercourse has not been, has been held to not uh, constitute a resumption of cohabitation. Bell's case, 1979. So forget all that. What? The 70s were a wild, wild no, era. No, no. <laughs> this was just when they were trying to work out the Family Law Act. Okay, see? so hang on a minute. So you're allowed to get back together yes. one more time. Yes. And that if you then change your mind again, the clock doesn't reset. That's right. Uh, as long as it's under three months or no more than three months. Okay. Right? So you've got, if you get back together again, you will know by 12 weeks if it's a dud or not. And then if it's a dud, right, and you can't or do you it. Or you go, oh, my goodness, yeah, it's all happening again. Yeah, it's I'm the out. same cycle. See so, you later. So all that happens is the time that you were separated before you got back together again, so mm-hmm. you've been apart for nine months or whatever, nine months, let's say, yeah. and then you got back together again for two weeks and you think this is awful. Yes. You can, when you separate again, your nine months can, it can add on to that nine months. That, that few weeks you were together though. Doesn't count. Doesn't count. It take, they take that out of the 12 months, but you're allowed to have an So aggregate. wait, it's like stopping the clock in a basketball game. It is. It okay. is. Time out. Yeah. Let's see. And so you just continue on from the time that you were. But you as were long as it's only within that three, three months. months. Yes. So that's what the law says. Section 50. How often do people go to court fighting over a three month resumption? Well, I think you nearly answered it, Laura. What? Where there's a dis, Distinct difference in the property pool mm. before and after, where it, if they can succeed in arguing that it was longer than three months, then they're not going to have to share that property because the other person's out of time. Wow. So it becomes crucial. So just look, honestly, I think it's 
it's a triumph of hope over experience, isn't it? If you've had a relationship and it was so bad that you've decided you have to separate and yet you're going to give it another go, mm -hmm. that's lovely, that's hope, mm -hmm. um, but don't be naive about it. And, right. and write down, you know, that you've got back together. And when you leave again, if you leave again, write that down as well. Wow. Like, yeah, send them an email. Is that blowing your mind? It has a little bit, yes. How many hours have we been talking about family law and we still find something that you didn't know? Uh, well, well, I'm not a lawyer, so. Yes, but you're I, working in the family the law The fact space. that they refer to uh, intercourse Yes. In the Family Law Act is pretty funny. Well, it is about marriage after all. We're not silly. Yeah, I guess you know, We're so. not completely naive. So basically mm -hmm. what you're saying is to, to the listeners today who maybe maybe they've already tried a couple of times, yeah. it, sneaky trick if your ex knows the rules and you don't and you end up out of time to go and get property settlement and, and a nightmare, I would say. And it is also a sneaky trick for your ex to try and change or move the goalposts for dates to suit their agenda. Sometimes, uh, obviously in the past, um, in 1986, 1976 and 1986, in Todd's case and Clark's case, they alleged that they resumed cohabitation, but the other person didn't agree. But I guess they just muscled their way into the back into the house and start cooking cooking for your partner and telling everyone you're back together again. And that doesn't work either. It has to be consensual. It has to be by agreement that you're trying again. So you need proof. Yeah, go and see a marriage counsellor, get the receipts for that. Proof Take photos, that, yeah. text messages, screenshots. Right. And, Mum, if you finally do get them out, Ooh, finally get them yeah. out, how do you stop them from coming in and pretending it's all normal again? Well, again, document it. Send them a letter, make some arrangements for the kids. Remember we talked about your little micro agreement the micro term you micro phase someone's yeah. got to take the kids to school tomorrow or someone the, the pace got to go somewhere someone's got to pay the mortgage mm. you know so those little things use that as an opportunity to document the separation uh, and then really in my experience and this is general education only because i don't know your circumstances everyone my clients i say usually change the locks or change mm. one lock, put some bolts on the inside, because you then become a tenant. Even if the other person is on the mortgage, the other person is on the house, like on the title deed, if they've moved and you're in the house, you're entitled to be there without harassment from them. Right. Okay. Definitely get a lawyer's get advice a lawyer before advice you because, do that. Yeah, because it could be domestic violence. Yeah. It, it might be not, you know, so there might be a really valid reason mm. why your one person might need to house and you aren't that person. It might be a valid reason. If they bring an application, you might have to leave. Look, to me, the biggest takeaway for me <laughs> is I just assumed if you can prove you've been sleeping together, you're back together, that ain't the ticket because, as your Judge Bell said, my parents – they yeah. didn't sleep together in and the 80s. I don't ironically, the case of Bell, 1979, says that as well, and Todd. So when the Family Law Act started in 1976, 75, 76, a lot of this stuff had to be worked out by, by judges. It had to be worked out in case law because until you asked, you didn't know. I would love to have been a fly on the wall with a whole bunch of old, white, middle-aged men deciding <laughs> the rules for that. It was too, you know. It was. It was uh, Judge Murphy. Well, I mean, I was uh, a family law apprentice, at least. Apprentice. Yeah. Like Star Wars, Clark Jedi. In Mom, 1986. Can I ask, the one thing that I've noticed as well as separated under one roof, and mm. we've had people write in saying they're doing this thing quite successfully, and we haven't got much time left, but it's nesting. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> 
<laughs> but people might be doing it right now. So, yeah. so what is that? Is that a solution? So you're no. not under the same roof there somewhere else. It's kind of it's temporary at best. It is a solution though, sort of. But the ones that I've seen, mm. uh, what each of you agree, this is what we're going to do. And then one day, the person in the house who was supposed to go back to the apartment or house just says, "No, nah, I'm not," and you're out. I've changed the locks. And everything's changed, and you're you're outside looking in, mm. and they've got the kids. So, what you've got to make sure that you can trust your ex. Mm. I, I think it's a very temporary solution at best. Very short, really, very short term solution. It's been a, a concept for years and years. Mm. And I do remember one of the judges uh, in Brisbane. She said, "Someone said, oh, we've agreed that the children will move between these houses.' I think this judge was not a fan of the presumption of equal shared." time with the mm. parents and she said no how about I make an order that you two move out every week and move to different houses how's that good for children how's that sensible so I was quite heartened by that but the reality is um, that under the current law that week of that arrangement is more likely to happen and you really have to be careful if you're going to make an arrangement like nesting I've never seen it work but you know what Maybe I've never seen it because it does work. I did hear of something that wasn't really nesting, but the ex would get the partner to come back after they'd left for work mm. to get the kids ready for school, do the housework, do the washing, do the cleaning, and then get the kids after school, bring them home, get dinner on the table, and then leave before he got home. That's not a relationship. That's having a maid. That's not nesting, is it? No, it's not. That's, no. that's taking advantage and having, you know. No, whilst I can see the advantage for the kids, because it's probably what used to happen anyway, except for the leaving at the end. But realistically, that's not changing. No. That's just putting so much work on yourself. Yep. With- and, you know, your kids, if you've got children and you're separating, one of the things they worry about is fairness. Mm. And the other thing they worry about, so it seems, is that you're okay. Whoever's yeah. moved out, are they okay? Have they got their own place? And one of the ways to reassure them of that is to have a place where the children go from time to time. So they can see it and experience yes. it and know you're okay. And that they know that when they're not with you, that's where you'll be. And yeah. that possibly they've got the room, but but in that scenario, you've painted there where where they come back and do things like the good fairy, pick mm. them up from school, drop them off at school, do the housework, cook the meal, and then disappear. It's like they don't have any other identity. It's like the the mother has disappeared during that period overnight, mm. and it smacks to me. It really suspicious little sausage that I am. It seems to me that someone was organising that or wanting that to happen so they didn't have to pay child support. Oh, mama. Because remember that word nights? Yeah. Counting nights. And, and really the mother, it wasn't that they wanted to do everything for the children, the father. It was that he didn't want the mother to have them for a night. So he had that to would pay make child him child support. Wow. Okay. So there's lots of things you need to think about. And going and seeing a lawyer and talking about your individual circumstance, just one chat, we're separated under one roof, what do I do? Or this is what's going on is a really good idea. So if you're there at the moment tiptoeing around your ex and, and, you know, having awkward conversations in the, in the kitchen or, you know, sharing a bathroom because there's only one, we feel for you. And it's important though that you know that this has serious implications in your property and the kids and really. the kids yep. in your, in your divorce case. So go and listen to separated under one roof, the other episode. I'll put that link in the show notes where mum gives some really practical uh, tips on the living arrangements. We've only just touched on them today, but some really mm-hmm. practical 
practical guides to that. So go listen to that episode too. And we wish you all the best because we know how hard it can be. And you can always listen to more episodes and get your head around the whole situation and prepare yourself for that next step. Yeah. So our thoughts are with you guys. Bye-bye. Thanks, Mum. If you found this podcast helpful, we'd love it if you could rate, review and subscribe. By doing so, you are spreading the word to help someone else just like you. Lynn would like to remind you that this podcast is general advice only and you should always get legal advice in relation to your particular situation. And remember that the Australian laws may have changed since recording.